Praise God. Well, it is Father's Day, uh, day we honor fathers and uh, encourage fathers and uh, love fathers and a special day. Let's look at Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. I have some, some specific things on my heart this morning to share concerning these things. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in the house, or when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 7 says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. Go back to verse 6. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So God's words. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So you're, you're looking to these things continually, not just once or twice, not just once a year, but continually. Look at this, uh, verses 6 and 7 in the NLT version. It says, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Well, that kind of covers it all the time. Notice verse 7 says, repeat them again and again to your children. Notice that. So you don't just do it once. You don't just do it for two weeks. You don't just do it for four weeks. Not a year. And you don't grow tired of repeating. And it's not just talking about words. It's talking about acting. It's talking about doing. It's talking about putting things forefront in our home and in our children. And this is a job that takes longer than an afternoon. It's continual. It's ongoing. Look at uh, the CEV version of verse 7. It says, tell them to your children over and over again. Talk about them all the time. That give you a picture. Over and over again. And talk about them all the time. Now, you're not talking about just lip service. And not talking about just, you know, things that are superficial. It's more than that. It's what we're doing. We talk about them and point uh, our lives, uh, really point our children's lives to God. But we're not talking about a superficial um, facade that you just say some magic words. God's word is powerful, but we don't want to just it become religion, vain repetitions either. It does say over and over again, but it can have no life in it. And we, we want to honor God in areas of our life, but the part I want to, I want to emphasize is it's over and over again, and you talk about them continually. It's a process. This is something that takes a while. It's not just a sprint, and then we're done. Don't you wish it were that way? I mean, that you know, they, the children get to a certain age where they could understand, and you just sit them down for an afternoon, go over all the truth, and then you're done. And then they just go like, automatically in the right direction and you don't have to do anything more. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what the Bible says. Hebrews 12, verse 1. 
Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The end of verse 1 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Endurance. When you talk about enduring something, you don't think of a minute. Now, there are some things that a minute could be a long time to endure. I mean, it could be. But generally, you don't think of a minute. Endurance gives the picture of you're in something for a while. You got to press through something. You got to press through. It's not really quick. If you know, you don't think of an endurance race, you know, as something that's one time around a track and you're done. You know, some of these endurance races that they do, I've never watched a lot of racing, but I'm aware of certain things, you know, like they're going for 24 hours and people, they're changing drivers and they have to change out the parts on the car. That's a long, grueling deal. That's not, hey, we went around once and that's it. An endurance race is different than something that's really short. Look at the Amplified Classic. It says, let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence. Again, you can see the, the long-term activity here. Look at the Passion Translation. It says, Then we will be able to run life's marathon with passion and determination. Then we will be able to run life's marathon. I've never run a marathon. Maybe you have. A marathon is not short. It's not a sprint. It's a good distance. What, it's 26.2 miles? That's a long way. And that's what the picture is here, that we're running a distance. And when we're running a distance, if you're going to fulfill the course, there aren't any shortcuts. You know, I, I, I know there was one video a long time ago, I, I don't even remember if we, you know, I don't think it was even online, I don't know where you saw it, maybe it was, um, I don't know if it was on a funny video or, or whatever, but you know, there's, I know in this, this race, I don't know if it was a marathon or what, Somebody started in the front, but somehow they, they messed around and they went off the course and then they just suddenly appeared like at the end and they were like, you know, in the, in, in the lead. Well, they got disqualified. They didn't win. They found out about it. You can't just cut through everything and, and win. In, when we're talking about life, when we're talking about being a father, there are no shortcuts. There, are, there is nothing short about what we're doing. It is a long course. It is something that we have to approach with persistence, and we have to be in it for the long haul. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 2. The Bible has a number of things to say about trying to do things fast. You know, the Bible talks about endurance, and it talks about doing things as a good soldier, and then it has a number of things to do with, you know, to say what, what happens when you try to do things quickly. Proverbs 19.2 says, Also it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, for he sins who hastens with his feet. In the NLT it says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. You could be really excited about something, but... You know, you'd be really excited about going on a trip, but if you go the wrong direction, you know, it, it, it causes you to make mistakes. 
Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. That gives the impression of being constant over time. Not one afternoon. <laughs> Wish it were so. Just got to be really focused for one day and then we're good. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Now this goes against a lot of what the world is like now. There's stuff, one stuff yesterday, not down the line. Well, kids don't grow up in one day. Now, sometimes, you know, after it goes for a while, you look over and say, oh my gosh, you're that much bigger. Seems almost like a day. You know it's not. You know, it seems like a long time. At the same time, it seems like it was just yesterday. And stuff blurs together. That all the times that you put them to bed, that you talked to them after school, that you sat down for a meal together. You know there's a number to those days. Sobering thought, but it has a number on it. There's only so many of them. I'm talking about you leaving the earth. I'm talking about there's phases in life. And we're talking about raising children. You know, you, you are stewards for a period of time. Of course, you're a, the father, the mother for their life. But you're stewards when you're putting into them and really shaping them for only a period of time. And they have a, those, those days have a number on them. You know, we just got done with the school year. It's done. You know, girls uh, that are in uh, middle school are moving up to the next grade. And I was conscious, you know, I was dropping them off for school. And, you know, they become conscious. This is our last Thursday. This is our last Friday. And coming up to the last day of school, you know, I was dropping them off and filmed them on the way out, them walking into school, into middle school. You know, try not to do it too long because there's a line behind me, but I'm just <laughs> walking. I, I want to get a little bit of a video. You know, Julie got out of the car and then Christina got out of the car. I have the videos from when Andrew was, last time he was walking into middle school. I can't remember if I have one for, for Brianna in middle school, but definitely in high school. I have one when last, last time Brianna was going to high school with Andrew and I dropped him off. And they're getting out and starting to walk. Well, that was just a couple years ago. Well, those days are numbered. There's only so many times, but when you're in the middle of it, it's like, oh, I've got to do this again. Say it again. Do it again. Run the play again. Sometimes you can think, is anything getting through? But it's not infinite that those days are happening. It has a number on it. And when you, when you put them to bed at night, it just went down one. I remember thinking about it as a sobering thought, but I remember, I don't know, it was several years ago uh, before Brianna had graduated from college, and I was just sitting in the living room. Remember, remember where I was? And I was, I was like, you know, we were reading. You know, we'll have family devotions and stuff, but I don't even know if that was one of these times where we were sitting around, but I was looking at them. And I realized there's only, there's a number on the number of days Brianna will be in the house. And Andrew, and I was figuring it up in my head, you know, rounding it. And at that point, you know, it was like a couple years, so it was like 700 and something days. I think she was a sophomore. And, you know, Andrew then, it was like, you know, thousand-something. And then Christina and Julia, it's like, ah, we got lots. That's in the thousands. Brianna's a sophomore. She's done with her sophomore year. Look quick, huh? There's a, but it's, a, it's an endurance thing. It lasts a long time. On the other hand, it goes like that. But it's not one day, it's not two. In the middle of it, you can start, especially certain times in life. You know, I remember um, our school, the Bible teacher at, uh, at Rama. him talking about, you know, we go there before church, and we had a, a group that was, you know, a lot of people were similar age, and he was talking about, he goes, remember when his kids were in diapers, and at this point, his kids were like 19, 20. 
One was a little younger, I think, but he had one that was like 20. He said, remember that, it seems like it'll never end. But then it does. And then you go on. And it's like that with every phase. You can't just rush through certain things. You, you know, you, some things you want to just, ah, let's get past this. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Read a couple more of these. I don't think I read Proverbs 28, verse 20. You can go back to that one. It says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Well, of course, that's talking about you know, financial things there, but you can think about it in any context because the principle is the same. A faithful man, in this context, will abound with blessings. You'll reap a harvest with your children. But he who hastens to be rich will not be unpunished. There's not a shortcut. Hastens to get something done. Let's just get it done this way. Not, the, not really what we want to do here, but you know we don't have time to do it right. Do what we want to do. I just got to be watch about just occupy our kids with something or well, let's, this is good enough for now because it's, it's easy for that to keep going. It's easy for anybody. Something that you think is just going to be for a little bit ends up being for a long time. Proverbs 29, 20 says, Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Isaiah 28, 16, Behold, I lay in Zion a, a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. So the Bible does not condone, you know, you think about God. It does not condone being hasty. You think about God. God is not in a hurry. Why would he be? He's forever. He's been around forever. And you think about in the role that we are given as parents, specifically fathers, you know, guys want to get her done a lot of times. You just want to get the thing, let's get, get it done. When you're dealing with kids, that doesn't always happen. You got to be patient. You know, in the Bible, they, they would make progress to a certain extent, but, they, but when they had the women and children, it was slower. But if it's just guys just getting out there, well, guys can, they don't need as much. They just go without certain things, and we're just, we're just going to get the job done, hammer it. You know, I remember when we were, um, when we would take uh, trips when the kids were younger. We tried, I remember when we were in Oklahoma, we tried all different configurations to try to optimize the time it would take us to make like a trip back home like to Nebraska. Because depending on what time of day you, you, you left, you're going to have different challenges to face. You know, when they have to go to the bathroom, they're out of diapers, but they, you know, they're in that between. It doesn't matter if you want to hammer it. If they got to go, you're going you're gonna, to, where do you want to feel the pain? You want to, you know, you, you want to be there slower, or do you want to be there slower with a mess in your car? Because you're not going to get around it, doesn't matter, you know, you got to stop, got to take care of it. So we tried, well, if we get up early in the morning, well, you can make some good progress then, but, you know, then they wake up, and then they want this, and they want to get, you know, stop, and so we tried going at night a few times. We'll get them to sleep, and then we'll go. Well, it works pretty well from the perspective of going to the bathroom, but the next day, and for several days, now you've got to be awake when they're awake, and you're wiped. <laughs> so you just got to deal. You, gotta, you know, sometimes you want to just keep going, but if you go fast in certain areas and don't take the time, in some of these areas in parenting, there will be a slowdown in the future and it's not convenient and it won't be something that we want to deal with. 
You know, we, we um, <laughs> the first time we drove out to, to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, years ago, 10 years ago, we went out there for a retreat. When we started going out to Pennsylvania, we had a regional uh, RMI retreat out there, and it was, uh, you know, regional directors out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and, and Amish country. So we, we drove out there, and we just went to the retreat that year. But then the next year, we found, um, we stayed in a hotel that year, but the next year, we found, Shelly found this uh, cabin, this place in the country with cabins. And so we got on the waiting list, got on the list, and we're, our number came up, and we got to stay there, and we stayed there for a week, and it was awesome. So we, we started going there for vacation around that uh, retreat. Well, the first time we drove out there, we looked at the maps, and it's like, yeah, it's like six and a half hours. And it's taken us through New York, and we're thinking, yeah, but it says that. It takes us, if you know, I don't know New York intimately, but it goes right, it took us right over the George Washington Bridge, which is right in the middle. And we're thinking, it's like, yeah, it's gonna take you this long. It took us all day. <laughs> we, were, uh, we hit the traffic there, and it was slow. And then we got past that, and there was traffic, and it was just like, oh, we kept calling the lady. This was the, this wasn't the, the first time we, went, we did that, and then the second year, we, I think we went similar, but um, we kept calling her and saying we're going to be there at a certain time. It just kept getting later and later. Well, over time, we were like, we're not going that way. <laughs> we're going to go north. The bridges way, so it's above New York City, so it may look on the map, the, you know, the map will tell you, oh, this is going to be faster. It's like, uh-uh. No, no, that's not going to be faster. We're going, to your perspective, we're going way up, and then we're just going to come down. Well, so Shelly and I were, were uh, taking a trip uh, not, not too long ago. We were going down to New Jersey, and I haven't been, I haven't driven in New Jersey down in there, but I knew enough at the beginning, it's like, okay, we're going the same, we're running the same play, we're going above New York. So you don't even tell the maps that you're going down here, because it'll try to take you down here. No, we're going up here and make that your end point, so it'll just keep us on the right place. Because if you tell Siri the maps that you're going here, it's going to keep trying to get you to go on what is the fastest way. And you're just going to be backed up, sort of like, no, we're going here. Okay, well, this is the fastest way. Yeah, I know, and it's the right way. And then you start going north, south. So we were going south. Oh, my goodness, we hit, it was raining, poor. We had so much traffic at one point, and we were going parallel to the George Washington Bridge was over here, and at one point it was trying to take us near the traffic that was getting off that coming, like from New York into New Jersey. We were like, no, 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 we're not going there. But it's 10 minutes faster. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> 10 minutes until you stop. And we were, no, that's, no, we're like, no, we're going here. So we finally made it to our, got past the traffic, made it to our destination. On the way back, then we're leaving in the morning. And, you know, if you go north up to where, you know, up through New Jersey, it's saying, oh, yeah, it'll take three hours here or two and a half hours here. And we're like, no, that's a lie. Because we're leaving at like seven something and it's going to be traffic. I don't know why you're not calculating that you're giving me best case and then it's just gonna slow and I'm just gonna get backed up. So we said, we're gonna go out here and around up to New York and like this, we're gonna go here. And I saw that there was a way up there and I took a screenshot of it. And then when, I, then when we tried to map it, it was like, kept trying to bring us back the other way. And then we would go the other way, and all of a sudden, the directions are trying to get us back. And I like, just told her, turn, just say you're going way over here, because it is trying constantly to bring us back to the way that is faster, into traffic, the whole way. And finally, we just said no, 
We're not messing with any of that. We're going to go completely. You know, we, on the way in, we had gone around New York. This way, we're completely going around the whole part, busy parts of New Jersey. And when we come back, usually we used to go through Hartford and stuff, through Connecticut. We're not even going there. We're going all the way up to Albany, and then we're going over on 90 through Massachusetts. It was the best drive. There was no drama. You know how you, you know, when you're trying to go somewhere and you look at the time to get there and it's something, you know, it's an hour and five minutes. You look down and all of a sudden it's an hour and 12 minutes. Like, how did that happen? Why is it going? We're just standing, it's going up. I'm going, you know, we're going how fast we're supposed to go. Well, this time I looked at it and it was like, you're getting to the next point because I didn't put the end point in. I put the next point so it would keep us on. It said, you're getting there at this time. And I look at it later, getting there at this time. And we're, we're driving through the country, and there is scenery, and it is quiet, and there's no traffic. It's country roads. And I look at the time to get there, same time, not changing a bit, no stress. We're just going. And then we got up to our uh, destination in New York and got uh, at the Travel Plaza, got our gas, got something to eat, and then started up, kept going up to Albany, and then went over, and it was no drama the whole time, got there before I would have thought I would have got there with the other thing, trying to go through. It was telling me literally, go up through New Jersey and go through New York, and it'll be, you'll be there at 2 o'clock. No way. On top of that, I'm going to hit the traffic there. I'm going to hit the traffic in Connecticut. I'm going to hit the traffic. By then, I'm going to be late, and I'm going to hit the traffic coming into Boston, but that is the way the world is and the way this system is. It's just like that. Do it this way. It's super fast. You'll get there sooner. And that's not the way our job is. That's not the way parenting is. That's not the way fatherhood is. It's like, no, do it. It'll go quick and you'll save time and you get to do all this other stuff. And what it doesn't tell you is that it doesn't tell you that when you do it that way, there's a slowdown coming up, and it's going to de... You may be going 65, 70 miles an hour until you're at a standstill. And you don't move, and you've got to stop everything and deal with these issues because instead of having the long-haul mentality and just chugging along over and over and over, and this may seem slow, but it's the right way. There's temptation to like, well, no, let's just do it this way. We'll get it done. It'll be fine. Look at everybody else is doing it. It'll be okay. Until it's not. And until everything blows up and we have to stop and now deal with something we never intended. And all the speed that we thought we were doing all becomes to a standstill. It is not an overnight job to be a father. And there's no way you're going to do it super quick. You're going to get the same results in a short period of time that you would over a long period of time. It takes time to build certain things into children, to young people, but if we'll take the time, when I say time, it doesn't have to be a lot of concerted time. See, sometimes people blow things up in their head to where, well, it's got to look like this, and I have to spend all this time doing these things to have a good result, and so it's tempting not to do anything because that's way too much. But it doesn't have to be tons and tons of time, but it does have to be consistent. It does have to be, and I mean over time. Some people say, well, you got to do it every single day in the week. No, you don't. You just need to be consistent over time and there over time. It's the steady pressure in a direction that's going to make the difference. Going super fast for a little bit and then nothing, and then super fast 
and then nothing, and then super fast, it's just like you driving 70 miles an hour down the road and then sitting there in traffic for an hour. You'd be better off just going consistently, even if it's a slower pace. Hey, but there's no drama, no stress. Oh, it looks like everybody else is going to lap us. But we went through all that and didn't, it wasn't stressful. You'd be solid, not the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights. See, the world has a way of doing something, and Satan will always try to get you to go faster. Do it now. What he won't tell you is that there's something to pay for it. See, Satan is playing chess long-term with our children. And so much we, you know, you've heard it, we have like a checkers mentality. We're like, it's just what's right in front of us. Now, I don't play a lot of chess, any chess. I play chess. I know what it is. But it's the same concept with anything long-term. Satan is putting, trying to get people off little by little. And we have to push on things over time and realize we need to have the end in mind, not some short-term goal. Look at Matthew 7, verse 24. What is the end for a father? It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built the house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Both houses looked like they were doing fine until the storm came. The one that was founded on the rock, which is the Word of God, which is the foundation of believing God and doing what He said over time, it stood. The one that was not founded on the rock fell and fell abruptly. Our goal as godly fathers is for our children to found their lives on the Word of God and to know God. That's the goal. To walk in God's ways for themselves because eventually we won't, we won't be there in their lives on a consistent basis to do anything with them. We can be there on the peripheral, but we're not going to be there day to day like we are now. If you have small children, depending on what, what situation you're in, you may be in the grandparenting stage. I'm not there yet. But you can be, you can be an influence. But the goal for every child growing up is for them to know God and to base their life on what He said. Because then, when the storms of life come, they won't fail. The storms of life come to every person. That's not a bad confession. That's, what, that's life. The storms of life will come. It's what are we going to do when they come. And to build a, a foundation in a strong basis for them on the Word, it, it is a process. But that's the end. We start with the end in mind. We're not looking at the day-to-day -day rigors of walking through things and something that's going to seem to get short-term gain for sacrificing our long-term goal. We look at our goal long-term Start with that mind and realize that there's going to be some, you know, variation as you're going. It's not what happens any given day. It's what happens the majority of the time in a steady pressure going forward.
You just being godly, you just knowing God and pointing your children to God as a source is so big. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Men can look at all the, the ins and outs and go, oh, but I missed it here, or this wasn't quite right, or it didn't look like this picture-perfect play. You know, it, it just wasn't executed perfectly. That's, yeah, we want to do as well as we can, but really, you just knowing the Lord Jesus and your kids know that is already a huge step. You just showed them as, the, as a father that God's important, and you look to Him. And they need to see you looking to Him. You, you bowing your head to pray before a meal is showing them that this is what's important. Them seeing you go to church shows that you believe, you, and you value it enough to, to put God as a priority. That speaks volumes. The Bible said that we do it over time, over and over, consistently, you talk about things. See, if you, you take any one of those things out, start diminishing it, that vacuum is going to be filled by something. See, when they think of you as a father, of course, it applies to mothers too, we're focusing on fathers. All of us can take this, be a godly influence to people. When you're walking children through things, we got to realize that it's a process. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a two-time thing. That as we walk through, wherever we, we decide, whenever we put our, take our foot off the gas, for that period of time, something else is influencing. And the more time that we, they just see us going toward the Lord, see us moving forward with Him, that puts, that, that allows them to see you doing certain things that they associate with God that will come back to their memory and come back to their understanding. When they think of certain parts of your life, they associate God with you, which puts an anchor into their soul and into their hearts that won't be easily shaken. Because we eventually do what we see a lot of times. And so when they think of you, what do we do when we sit down to eat? Well, we pray. Now, that can become ritualistic, that could be, but they see you praying to the Lord and putting that first. When they see you bring the family toward God in certain areas, they, they associate that with Him and with you. And so they will act that out as they grow up. But it's incremental. I think so many times guys have a tendency, can have a tendency to discount something that's not whole or complete or the way you think it ought to be so you don't do anything until you can do it wholly. You know, you've heard somebody say, well, if... if it's, if you can't do it right, it's not worth doing. Well, that's true in certain areas. There's a truth there. At the same time, you can say, well, I can't do this the way my vision is. I really want it to be this way with my kids and take time to do certain things with them this way. And since I can't do it that way, I have that in my mind. But I know I'm not there yet, and I'll get there at some point. But then the days just are going by. And there's a number to them. When really, if we would have said, well, this is what I can do now, I'm going to step in and I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this to him. I'm going to spend this five minutes doing, talking to him about this. I will 
I'll get this done today. Hey, I got a period of time. Well, I didn't plan it out. It's not going to be perfect. But hey, let's go over here and do this and spend this bit of time with them. You investing time with them over time adds up and increases your influence in their life and the force for good and the force for God in their life. Even if it's incremental. You know, my manager, uh, I had a manager once and we were, he mentioned this and we were talking about it in relation to uh, a certain meeting. We were just talking about it, a few of us that we were meeting. We, you know, we would have different meetings that we would go to. You got to watch meetings in a company, of course, because they can be real time wasters. On the other hand, there can be things that you can put in place to touch base with certain people that you keep going that are strategic. And it may seem like it's a waste of time at times. Like, why do we have this? I could be, oh, it's time for that meeting. I have so much else to do. And it's tempting to skip it. We don't need it now. But we were talking about this and with the people, and I think it was one time where we didn't have a lot to discuss. But he said, what people think, it stuck with me, what people think is, well, we don't need it now, and why are we getting together? And they look short term. But what happens if they're strategic and they're right is that by you meeting under certain conditions, you actually head off bigger problems. Things that start to come up, you, you have a slot that you talk about certain things and hey, oh, well there's this, what, there's that, and there's that. There, if there's not another way for that information to bubble up, you just identified something that you can take care of, that if you need to follow up for another specific meeting, you can, but so many times, and his point was, People will start to cancel certain things like that because they think today there's not something. Or next week, or we had two weeks in a row where there wasn't something really earth-shattering. And, and it's like you think that you'll save that time, but what happens is that by having those meetings, you're actually keeping bigger problems at bay and actually keeping things running smoothly. And when the, it's not there, you don't have it, you don't have it, oh, everything looks good, and it seems like it's on autopilot until something comes up because there wasn't a communication, because there wasn't a constant touch point, and now everything shuts down. We have to deal with this emergency. And because I got to deal with this emergency, this other thing I can't get to. And because I can't get to that other thing, that's backing up. And then my normal routines, I can't get to them. So those start getting disrupted. And by the time I take care of the whole thing and the domino effect kicks in, I have lost so much time because I didn't think that little meeting that was strategic, not talking about every meeting, but touching base with vital interests was important and it wasn't big enough and I didn't keep it moving. With our families, there are so many things like that that we need to be, and every family is different. Look to God to tell you how to strategically meet and interact and communicate with your children, of course, with your spouse, so that you are taking advantage of the time passing and different points, even if it's a little thing, even if it just doesn't seem inconsequential. But how are you doing? How's this going? Well, I don't have time this week because this is so important. Or I, 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 I'll get to it. And sometimes we, we let the, the ideal be the enemy of something that could be very beneficial, even though it, it looks like it's just piecemeal. But by doing some of those things, you actually stave off certain issues in children's lives. Kids, go! And, you know, it looks like everything is going well over time. I mean, I'm talking about in society, and all of a sudden something blows up. 
All of a sudden, a, a child is not able to cope with something, and as it's growing, it's growing, but the parents are just doing so much to get other stuff done, <clears throat> excuse me, that they, 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 don't, they don't know that something is brewing, that something was happening over time. And God can help us, and God can help us be led and identify things, but just the touch points, just over time, over and over and over and over, nothing of consequence, nothing of consequence. Wait a minute, what did you say? How are you, how are you doing on that? They said what at school? But what do you think? What does the Bible say? See, Satan is trying to get into our kids' lives, and he is using every tool trying to get influence, and he's trying to influence little by little over time. And you as a father stepping in and making sure you're putting constant touch points and pressure in there, I'm talking about pressure as far as the good and to where you're a force that you can stave off certain things. You stepped in and wait a minute and you just averted something that left to its own down the line could all of a sudden stop. So much all of a sudden you're, you're dealing with a big problem. Life with our kids doesn't, it's not just one week on and one week off, one year on, one year off. Ask yourself this question, any given week, any given day, what are the things that you're going to, of the things you have going on this week? Which things are you going to remember 25 years from now that are you're going to remember, your children are going to remember, what is actually going to stand out? And that can help cut through all the junk and all the priority and realize uh, the, what look like priorities. It actually shows you what's important. What will be remembered? And so much when you realize, I'll never remember this. I'll re never remember that. This, they'll remember for the rest of their lives. You just, that just can answer sometimes so much, bring clarity to what do I need to spend my time on here? Maybe it's 30 minutes. Maybe it was attending an event, attending a game attending a recital. Your kids will remember that. I know I do. And I also remember, you know, we go back and look at pictures from my own kids. There are certain things, you know, certain times that we did with them. I look at photos from when I was growing up. You know, I have no clue what my father was dealing with at certain times of special events that I that I have pictures of. I don't know. I don't know what responsibilities he had or what appointments. What I know is he was there for this. That's what I remember. I don't know about any of that stuff. And you know, for my own self, when we look back and look at certain events and certain things when we, when we did with our kids, I don't even remember what I was dealing with at that time. I just remember we were there. The other stuff fades. It goes, it goes away. You don't even remember the stuff that was so pressing on you that you felt there's no way I got to do it later. You, don't, you can't even remember. And sometimes there's been, I, I, do, I will remember, I will, I'll be like, oh, I remember that was that real busy time and we were doing this and this. That was all going on, but we still did this. And oh, I'm so thankful when I look at some of that. Uh, you know, not that I did it perfect and not that I did it right every time. What I am thankful for is when I look and say, I'm so thankful I was there. And I didn't let that drop. Because the other stuff, 
I don't have anything to show for it. I mean, you might have something, but you, you, if you could trade, you would trade the thing that was going to influence your kid, your child. But that's over time. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And Amplified says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's, a, that's the goal. When he's old, when he's grown up, that he won't leave it. There is nothing more important than that. Nothing. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now he's talking, of course, about spiritual children, but absolutely this concept applies to natural children. There is no greater joy than to know that your children follow God. That is the goal. Anything else is secondary. That's the goal. The Passion Translation said, It is the greatest joy of my life to hear that my children are consistently living their lives in the ways of truth. Nothing trumps that. Nothing is more important. But it's the long haul. It's the over time. It's the over and over. It's the foundation. It's the consistent pressure of just exerting a godly influence, molding and shaping over time that gets it done. And you guys, every father in here is equipped and able to walk in what God has given them, that responsibility and that position to do that in our lives, to see our kids grow to such that we can say this, my kid, my child walks in the truth, so thankful. Amen.